Hey, what's up, Alex? It's your boy, Rod. Hey, I missed this pod, but it's a good one. You got Jorge Andres joining the pod. Steve, Ellie, talk good football, how Jorge became a fan, what he thinks about the quarterback situation moving forward and more. So, Steve, take it away. You got it, bro. Hail. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Redskins Addicts. Uh, today, we are joined by uh, our man, Jorge Andres. Thank you for joining us, sir. Hey, I appreciate the invite. I really do. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yes, sir. Uh, also join us, Mr. Ellie at the top. Uh, yeah, Jorge, we, we, you know, we really wanted to sit down and talk to you a few minutes about a couple of different things, particularly, you know, because you're, you're from the area, you're a Washington fan. So can you just give us a little bit of background about, about yourself and, and your connection to the area and connection to the Washington football team? Absolutely. I mean, uh, I was born in Peru and, uh, when my family immigrated to the United States, they settled in Washington, D.C. Uh, when I was just six, and this is, I think, what made me a Redskins fan, is the uh, Redskins won the Super Bowl, 91-92 season. And I remember, uh, vividly remember the parade and my mother uh, taking me out, uh, you know, not the parade route, but near the parade. And people were just going nuts. And, and I remember vividly there was a cutout of Mark Rippon, and you could put your head kind of like where his face is and you could be Mark Rippon for a picture. And I did that. And uh, I think I got it on a keychain for my mother and she still has it to this day. And uh, I've just been, you know, uh, through and through a diehard Washington fan. Uh, we've had some good years and we've had a lot of uh, not so good years, but uh, hasn't uh, taken me away uh, from that. Um, I ended up starting my television and radio career in Washington, DC and uh, one of the craziest, coolest things I ever got to do was uh, work for the team. Um, I put together the first uh, play-by-play Spanish language broadcast of the then Washington Redskins. I called the games for uh, two seasons during the Jim Zorn era. Uh, you know, not the greatest era, but yeah, uh, still yeah. a dream come true to be able to do that for my, my hometown team. And look, I, I've been in Florida now a little over five years. Uh, I moved away uh, to Connecticut. Uh, I've lived in New York, L.A., but everywhere I've been, I've taken my Washington fandom with me. I've adopted the local teams, sure, but uh, my Washington fandom is always, always with me. Right. That's what's up. You're missing all the D.C. snow up here, so I guess yeah. you're missing too <laughs> See, much. See, I don't miss that part. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so being a, being a, a local guy from the area, which, uh, which high school and college did you go to? So I ended up going to Robert E. Lee High School. Now I believe it's John Lewis High School in Springfield, Virginia. Played football there. Uh, I went to Radford University uh, next to Virginia Tech for a couple of years. Um, then I ended up transferring out and finishing at George Mason University. Uh, George Mason is a great school, you know. It was Patriots. R- right. right in the city, you know, right, right there. So I was always close to D.C. and, and, and I loved it. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I was born and raised in uh, uh, Woodbridge. I'm out here in Silver okay. Spring, Maryland now, and at least down in uh, Fredericksburg area. So we yeah. Well, my family after after I, I believe when, after we graduated high school, they ended up leaving the Northern Virginia Springfield like hustle and bustle of the city, yeah. and uh, they settled down in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Nice yeah. hometown. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so you've been a fan for a very long time, clearly. So you kind of, I think you kind of already hinted on it. So what, what's your what would you say your most memorable um, season or moment or time of, of being a Washington fan would be? It's a tough one, but. It, that's a very, very tough uh, question. I have so many. Um, 
Okay, the, I, the, this one trumps it. This one's the best one, and I know you guys know it as fans. Um, when Sean Taylor, or I believe we were playing the Bills, and uh, when Sean Taylor, maybe, no, I'm sorry, not the Bills, maybe it was the Cowboys, and uh, Sean Taylor ended up intercepting that ball mm-hmm. and uh, taking it all the way back to, I believe, the 45-yard line, but then there was a penalty that moved it up 15 yards more and with time expiring, this is during the second uh, Joe Gibbs era, they ended up kicking the game-winning field goal and winning that game. I still get chills uh, to this day. That, that's probably the most memorable, uh, like the happiest moment that I can remember. Uh, I loved, loved, loved Sean Taylor as a player, uh, as a person. Uh, just He was an amazing guy and such a tragic story what happened to him. Um, and then <laughs> it's funny because I've kind of, established a friendship with Gus Farrat now oh, yeah, as yeah. an adult, uh, as an adult and as a journalist. But I remember when Gus Farrat uh, came back to DC as a member of the Detroit Lions in the postseason. And I'm pretty sure LeVar Arrington helped him retire. Uh, he he <laughs> sacked him and hit him so hard to get that game going. That stadium was rocking in 99. So um, that's got no disrespect to Gus. I love Gus. And, I, you know, although he gets a lot of uh, flack for, you know, his time in D.C., I thought he was great. I, I really loved Gus. And, um, but that is one of the most memorable ones. Nice. Yeah, you got to love Gus. Can't, can't forget the headbutt. Sean Taylor, <laughs> Sean, Taylor was a, Sean Taylor was a highlight, walking highlight reel. So, man, all good memories. That's, that's, that's what's up. So how do you feel about the 2020 team? What, what, you think about, what do you think about right now? Look, um, first of all, the most important piece of all that is Ron Rivera. Um, I, I was so, not just for being Hispanic and lo- loving to see a uh, uh, Hispanic guy with a head coaching position in our nation's capital, but I followed Rivera's career. I have so much respect for him, for what he did in Chicago, for what he did then in Carolina. And now in Washington, it's the same thing. He's just a phenomenal coach a phenomenal player and an all-around great human being um look it's no secret there was a lot of stuff going on with the washington organization the same when i was there um and you know it's in the past now and i think the only way to move forward with that is to have that leader and you can't put together a better leader in my opinion than ron rivera and then put ron rivera aside and add Jack Del Rio. I think Jack Del Rio is phenomenal, a phenomenal DC, uh, should be a head coach, has been a head coach before uh, for any other team. And the combination of Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, and then add to that Jason Wright, a, you know, a young, uh, in my opinion, up and coming uh, black executive who just gets it. I mean, he gets it. And if you put Jason Wright together with Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, I know the culture's changed. I know it's changing. I know it's continuing to build. So forget about what they did this season just on paper in the front office. I love that, uh, seeing that come together in 2020. Now you go into the actual season. Um, I, don't, I don't think I have to explain to you guys or tell you guys, uh, you know, just how much of how much in awe I am of Alex Smith and what he was able to do is outrageous. 
Um, who knows what the future will hold, but it doesn't matter. He's a warrior and a hero in my book, and that's all that matters um, for, for that season. Uh, I absolutely loved the selection of Dwayne Haskins. I'm sorry, I'm not Dwayne Haskins, of uh, Chase Young, uh, the selection of Twa Chase Young. And uh, I really love to see it come to fruition uh, this, this season. Um, now, since I touched on Dwayne Haskins, uh, I'll mention it. Uh, on the opposite end, I didn't love that selection. And I think there were a lot of maturity issues there. Um, I don't think he fits the culture. And I think it was evident. And uh, as a player and as a quarterback, I hope that he gets his footing. I think, I think he has the greatest opportunity with Mike Tomlin and, and Pittsburgh to do that. But it just wasn't a fit in Washington. And then uh, overall, I mean, talk about like a gritty, just grinded out, tough team to be able to, despite all the name change hoopla, and then obviously all the distractions with the lawsuits and stuff coming into the season, and then the Dwayne Haskins issues, and then the no quarterbacks, and then still be able to make it to the playoffs and win the AFC East, that, that's, a, that's a tribute to Ron Rivera, Jason Wright, and Jack Dario. No, to, to add to that, it's like all of that controversy in the offseason – and everything that we went through and still we're getting for the first time in over a decade, maybe since like RG3's work a year, positive press about mm -hmm. the football team, you know, um, would you kind of agree that they really changed the national perception of our football team as well? I absolutely agree with that. Look, I'll, I'll be honest with you, just working for the team and, and, and being around the team for so long, I wasn't sure if they would. Um, you know, after everything happened, you know, Dan Snyder was like, hey, we're starting from scratch. We're, we're, we're turning a new leaf. And I was like, oh, OK, well, you know, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And, and man, that, that shut me up real quick because, <laughs> you know, I, I believed it when I saw it with Ron Rivera, Jason Wright and Jack Del Rio. I'm telling you, they put it together. And and yeah, to your point, exactly. They, they've changed the perception of what is Washington football uh, on a national scope today than when it was even as recently as two years ago, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Tell me this. What's a better memory for you, RG3 76-yard touchdown run against the Vikings or the Heineke run in the playoffs that we saw recently? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Look, um, you know, I, I love RG3. I thought he would – I think he – I think he's a career player a career football player. I think he had some flashes and, you know, we can go into the detail of, you know, uh, where he would be today if he hadn't been played in that knee injury and whatever. Mm -hmm. But the story, like RG3 was a Heisman winner. Yeah. Eventually you were expecting those flashes. Sure. The story of Taylor Heineke, <laughs> that the kid was literally taking college exams two weeks yep before he was playing in a pro football game, let alone a playoff game, right. to be able to scramble and dive to get that touchdown is just remarkable. Um, not, nothing against RG3, but as a Heisman Trophy winner, you expect plays like that. Taylor Heineke, a kid from D1AA, who, who literally was playing arena football and then had a league and then taking exams, to then go in and do that, it's bananas. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so you deal with, having to cover the league as a whole and in, in large sports, does that make it more difficult for you to root for the football team? Cause you're trying to stay balanced and fair in, in your perceptions. 100%. Uh, 
like 100 percent uh, look I, I and my, my co-workers know this like if there's a, 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 a quick opportunity to to maybe show a little bit of homer <laughs> side to it I'll, I'll take it yeah. but i try not to too much um because it is difficult that you know being a national anchor you have to you, you can't be subjective you, you have to be neutral to everything and it is difficult looking at washington today versus the washington team that i grew up loving um i can sit here and get giddy and talk about you know gus farad or sean taylor or jason campbell stephen davis because those were the guys that like art monk daryl green those were the guys that i loved watching now, don't get me wrong, I love watching Chase Young, I love watching Scary Terry, but it's more of a, a an analytical business uh, description of the play and of what's going on versus like, oh man, did you see Sean Taylor lay out Martin Gramatica? Like, it's freaking amazing. <laughs> you know, so it's just completely yeah. different, different way to break it down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, Steve's a father. I have three daughters. The rest of the the normal hosts of this podcast are all fathers. How has fatherhood changed your career in sports and what you do? Yeah, that's a phenomenal question. I'm a new father. Uh, my daughter's six months old. Congratulations. Uh, for, for, thank you very much. Football is a religion here in this house. Uh, my wife's from Buffalo. So uh -oh. <laughs> she's one of those crazy Bills mafia people. Yeah, on the rise. So, um, on the rise. <laughs> yeah. It was, she, she's been good, though, because, you know, We've shared the Washington football and the Bills in the house. And I think, you know, I told my daughter, I was like, look, I mean, I told my wife, I was like, look, when my daughter's old enough, hey, you know, she chooses whoever she wants, you know, whether she wants to root for the winning team or root for the Bills, like, <laughs> whatever she wants, but I'll support that. But it's changed so much because, you know, you look at Sarah Thomas, who just uh, refereed a Super Bowl yeah. as the first female referee. You look at, and her name's escaping me, but the assistant coach for Washington. Jennifer uh, King. Also, Jennifer King. Yeah, Jennifer King. Yes, thank you. Who, who's, uh, who's a female. And I, I kid you not, like I'm working on a story right now uh, here in Miami where I am uh, on prominent females in uh, the sports industry. And I was having this conversation with my wife and I'm like, look, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, if you were like, you know, my daughter Savannah, her name's Savannah. I was like, if my daughter Savannah grew up to say, hey, dad, like, I love football and I want to be a coach one day. Like, you, you can't really, you know, be like, oh, sweetheart, that's great. But how about a cheerleader? Mm, but right. no, now I can be like, hell yeah, you want to be a coach? Go be a coach. Let's do it. Because yeah. you can be a coach. You can do that. Um, my wife uh, played uh, football as well. It's funny. She actually has a cannon of an arm. It was, uh, <laughs> it's so, our first date was a Washington Redskins Buffalo Bills game in DC. And here I am, you know, like tailgating and I'm like, oh, so like you grab the football like this with the laces and then like you throw it and she grabs the ball. And she's like, oh, you mean like this and chucks it like 30 <laughs> yards. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I found out later that um, here in Miami, she played in the LFL uh, when it first launched for the Miami Caliente. She was a quarterback there. And she her life has surrounded herself around football a lot like my life. And, you know, we look at our daughter and I'm like, look, there's no way this girl's not going to love football. Yeah. So as a father for, of, of a young girl, uh, I, I love seeing the changes yeah. uh, in our culture, in our society and, and allowing females to 
to, you know, try and, and have their way at male dominated industries. And I support it a hundred percent. Absolutely. And, and from all of us fathers, man, we're rooting for you and, yeah. uh, and your daughter. We'll look out for her in the future, man. We sure she's going to oh, yeah. <laughs> Right in that, that time where it starts to get fun, the six month mark. It's good. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, going back to what you said, your last comment about, you know, the, the, the change of culture and, and seeing females and African-Americans coming on board. It, it goes back to what Jason Rice said when he took over. It's a new culture of diversity yeah. and inclusion. So it's good to see that that message is, is spreading and they're and they're staying true to their word. It's not just, uh, you know, it's not just all talk to actually follow up with actions. So it's kind of good to see that. Correct. You know, because you didn't know at first. You're like, oh, well, is this just a way to smooth things over or is it right. really happening? Yeah. Look, it's really happening. You, it's evident. Yep. So look, looking forward to 2021, you know, the off season is upon us. The new league hasn't started, but where do you think they need to focus in free agency and the draft for this next season? I mean, I think it's, it's, it's pretty obvious. There's, there's three positions that need focus on quarterback is the number one position. We don't know what's going to happen with Alex Smith. And even if Alex Smith does return as amazing of a story that Alex Smith is, the reality is that, you know, he's clearly limited and he, he can't move like he used to. Again, I'm never going to doubt the guy because he's a warrior and he, he proved us all wrong last year, but you can't bank on that. You have to have some sort of backup plan. I love that they just re-signed Taylor Heineke. That kid earned every penny of that contract. And whether I think he should, I think he should and he will have the opportunity to fight for that number one spot. Um, whether he gets it or not, that'll be, that'll be seen down the, down the road. But I love that he gets the opportunity because he at the very least should absolutely be a backup in the, in the NFL. And then it'll be interesting to see if they, if they go out and get someone uh, in, you know, in free agency or via trade at the quarterback position. Um, you know, I, there, obviously there was a Deshaun Watson talk. I love Deshaun. It would be amazing to get him. I don't want to see us uh, mortgage our future. I don't want to see us be the Los Angeles Rams and give everything up. Um, so, you know, I, I personally don't think that's going to come to fruition. I think there's been rumors and talks about Derek Carr, which I don't hate that idea. Yeah. But again, yeah. I don't want to mortgage our future. Depending on whether we stick at 19 and it falls back to us or we move up in the draft, I've been a big fan of Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance needs experience um, because he has limited um, limited tape, but I think the intangibles are there. He reminds me, and this is huge praise, but he reminds me of an Andrew Luck uh, when he was in his junior year. Um, so if we were to pick a quarterback uh, and whether Trey fell back to 19 or, uh, or maybe we moved up, a little bit, but not too much. I think Trey Lance is a is a um, an answer. Now let's just hypothetically say, you know, the the quarterback position gets is solved somehow. Then I think you know we need to get another playmaker in at wide receiver. Um, I think Scary Terry is amazing. He's he's awesome, but he can't do it all. And uh, I, Steve Sims, Cam Sims, the, the, it's taken a while for them to to get up to speed. Um, I don't, I hate all this, like, let's go out and get a tight end because I think Logan Thomas has done a fantastic job and he's a legitimate tight end. Another receiver is where I would like to see some movement. Um, so if the quarterback position is answered, 
whether it's via free agency or, or, or draft, I think addressing the wide receiver or offensive line are the two areas that that need to be addressed. I think uh, Allen Robinson is going to be in uh, in high conversations with Washington via free agency. You know, if I could sit here and say, oh, look, we draft Trey at 19 and then get Allen in free agency, I feel good. I feel yeah. pretty good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so if all things being equal, if 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 Jason Wright, you know, or Ron Rivera hires Jorge Andres as the GM, <laughs> what, what are you? What are you? What, like who? Which quarterback do you think fits this offense the best, and is within the realm of being obtained? There's some free agents out there. You know, you got Brissett, Winston, uh, Trubisky. You know, you got all these guys that are on the market now. I mean, who who do you think was in the realm of possible, and, and that you would pick that fits the fits the design and, and the scheme? If I was the general manager, I would focus on the draft for my quarterback and on the wide receiver position in free agency. I would draft Trey Lance, whether that's, uh, you know, I wouldn't move up any higher than 15. But I, if I had to move up, which I think he's going to slide personally, but if I had to move up, I'd move up a spot or two um, to get Trey Lance. Um and then I would address the wide receiver position in free agency. Um, I just, I feel like we have some good quarterbacks in the draft and of the quarterbacks left in free agency and, and not even free agency, because that's, that's a trade that would need to happen. Um, I honestly just see Derek Carr, uh, nothing against Brissett, nothing against Winston, uh, and Trubisky and any other free agent quarterback, but I just don't think, that's the answer for quarterback. I think, you know, we have to either draft somebody that's proven that's still younger, like a Derek Carr, uh, or focus on the draft. And if I were the GM, I would focus on the draft. Yeah, fantastic. I, I like that. I like that plan. And we, well, you know, they just got, uh, you know, uh, Herney and uh, and Martin Mayhew, the former former uh, Redskin great. So. But maybe they'll take your advice and and and, and follow that path. Let's who, who knows? Who knows? They, you know, they're paying the big bucks, so I'll defer to them. Right, right, right. Um, so as we finish up here, let's let's talk about um, some some charity work. You have some charity work or some charities that you're involved in that you'd like to share with with all the listeners? Yeah, I do. I appreciate that very much. Uh, here in South Florida community, uh, my wife and I have worked a lot with the Cross Ministries, the Soup Kitchen here in the Palm Beach area, um, but then. And, and I give credit to my wife because she's the one that got me involved. Uh, we were very involved in the I'm Me organization uh, in Haiti, which is a, um, it's an orphanage uh, for children in Haiti. The situation in Haiti is, is, you know, horrible for lack of a better term. Uh, and, uh, and the people that have put together that foundation, David Nelson being one of them, former Florida Gator, played for the Jets, uh, really great guy. Um, They've got a good thing going. We we help sponsor 11 children down there uh, with everything between schooling and, 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 you know, just everyday food and books and things like that. Um, it's a national organization. Uh, we've, we've held several fundraisers for them, obviously. We've dialed it back a little bit because of coronavirus, but we've still tried to do virtual fundraisers to try to keep it going uh, for them. So I would encourage anybody that's interested to just, Go to imme.org and get the information uh, for the for, for the organization and to meet the kids, uh, to be able to, to to lend a helping hand if possible. And then finally, um, uh, the Michael Walton Foundation has been a great foundation that I've 
done some work with. Uh, we've actually done a lot of work with in the Washington, D.C. area. Michael Walton was an Olympic sprinter and a phenomenal all-around guy. Um, he put together a, a national tour, if you will, of motivational speaking for inner city kids and inner city youth. Uh, we went and spoke a couple years ago uh, in Friendship Heights, uh, at one of the high schools there. Uh, we've gone and, and talked uh, in New York, in Milwaukee, in California. And uh, he's a great guy, Etan Thomas, the former yeah. Washington Wizard right. is a part of the organization. You know, he, he grew up in Harlem and, and he grew into this amazing basketball player and amazing father and amazing man, uh, you know, coming from a single mother. And it's just those kind of stories that sometimes these kids need to listen to, to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm not the only one that, you know, never met my father or maybe don't have the means or the needs that, that some people do because it's not and you can get out of it and you can become a, a successful intelligent great person and, and contribute great deal to society they just need that push and we've been able to do that with Michael and and I'm very very appreciative of that and I would I would implore people to you know also look into the Michael Walton Foundation and and try to try to help out you know I've been taught you know reach one teach one that's how I've always lived my life and uh, if, if you can do that as a, as a Washington fan in whatever industry you're in, hey, you're making the world a better place. Amen. We, we certainly appreciate that and support that 100%. I, I want to ask you something. I don't want to get you in trouble, man, but uh, <laughs> who wins the Super Bowl first, the football team or the Buffalo Bills? Who? <laughs> oh, I, I, I tell that to my wife all the time. <laughs> She'll talk about the Bills all day. And I'm like, oh, wait, y'all went to the Super Bowl, right? Oh, wait, how'd that, how'd that work out for you guys? Okay. <laughs> That's my thing. We'll always have night the 1992, January 26th. Always. 3724. I, I still have it on tape. I actually, before the playoff game against Tampa, that's how much of a football head I am, I watched the Bills Redskins Super Bowl and I turned to my wife the next day and I told her, I was like, this wasn't even close. Like, I thought it was, you know, because I, I really yeah. wanted to break down the game. I'm like, yo, maybe, you know, maybe it was a close. It wasn't even close. I was like, you know, everybody in Buffalo talks so much amazing. He says so many amazing things about Jim Kelly. I was like, he stunk the place up. Yeah, he did. I'll take Josh Allen any day over Jim Kelly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Bills, are, I think they're, like you said, they're going in the right direction. Uh, yeah, they the certainly are. McDermott, Sean McDermott. Yep. That the coach's name, they're 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 trending in the right direction. Hopefully, like we are too, you know. So yes, I agree. Look, I'm a big Josh Allen fan. I think the kid's great. I think he's improved tremendously. And that there's there's positive light for the Buffalo Bills next year, just like I think there's positive light for the Washington football team next year. I think we have a couple of tweaks to make, but I haven't felt this comfortable with a front office and a coaching staff in a very long time. Yeah. I think we all feel that way. It's, 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 it's nice to, it's finally nice to have this right. <laughs> feeling because we're always like, it's always next season, always next season. Right. I'm always like, my, my friends will just, like, I'm always like, don't stop picking on me. You know, like, it's like, it's like kicking a puppy. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't make fun of us. We, 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 we suck. But no, this year I'm like, look, bring it on. Cause we're good. Let's go. That's right. <laughs> hey, well, Jorge, as we, as we close this thing down, um, we really just want to say thank you for your time. We know you're a busy man. Um, and where can where can we find you on on television and on, and on social media? Absolutely, on social media, you know, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter, on Instagram. Very easy. Just remember the voice. I be that rasp on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then uh, television. If you're in the South Florida market, uh, 
the local NBC station. I run the sports department there. Um, you can catch me at 1130 on Sundays with our sports final show or every day, Monday through Friday uh, on our local newscast um, on radio as well. And for our Spanish speaking friends locally in South Florida on Telemundo 51 as well uh, at the noon hour, I run a special sports segment there. And then during football season nationally from coast to coast uh, for our Spanish language friends, uh, I help run the broadcast of Sunday Night Football, um, you know, mirroring Al Michaels and uh, Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico. I'm the Mike Tirico, if you will, of the studio show, the pregame, halftime and postgame show uh, in Spanish. And then I also do some features for NBC Sports nationally um, moving forward. So if you're in the South Florida area or if you are a Spanish language uh, Spanish-speaking person that likes football, uh, be sure to follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, and tune into our programs. We'll appreciate it very much. Fantastic. And yeah, we'll be making sh- we'll make sure to give a little donation to uh, the IME.org and the Michael Walton Foundation. You can you can best believe that. So I appreciate that very much. Yeah, once again, thank you for your time. Many blessings to you and your family during these crazy times uh, down south. Enjoy, enjoy fatherhood. I know everyone says it, but before you know it, <laughs> it, it it's long gone. So I cherish the <laughs> Thank you very much for having me on, guys, and you too, you both are fathers. Um, I, I, I appreciate the camaraderie, and uh, anytime, uh, just uh, reach out. Happy to come on and talk some Washington football. Yeah, appreciate it. Maybe we can link up uh, post-draft, post-free agency, and, and see where our, where our heads are going there in, in, a, in an early spring and summer. Happy to do so, guys. All right. Thank you, Jorge. Take care, buddy. All right. Take care, guys. Bye.